Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, listeners! Should I come up with a nickname for all of y'all, like Musties? I don't know, that sounds horrible. Um, yeah, so I wanted to thank everyone that's been leaving reviews in iTunes. Uh, not written reviews, but star rating reviews, which I also appreciate. Thanks for all the new five-star ratings. That's an accurate assessment, I do believe. Or at least I'm trying. I try. Uh, <laughs> but if you want to leave uh, full-length reviews in iTunes, I will read them on the show as long as they're good. Well, I don't know. Maybe I would read a bad one on the air, but if you leave a bad review, I don't know why you keep listening to the show. Um, but yeah, so (laughs) make sure you listen to the very end of the episode so you find out what we're watching next week, or you can follow all the social media everythings where I will tell you what we are watching next week. So without further ado, let's get into the Golden Girls. What'll I do? Time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century. From I Love Lucy News Radio, I'm your TV guy, Brett White. And I'm also a reporter producer for Decider.com. This week, I am joined by Catherine Mon and Winston Noel. Hello, Winston and Catherine. Hey, hey Brett. Guys. We're How's excited to be here. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Winston's a repeat guest. Yes, very happy to be back. The uh, listeners might remember you from the uh, Frasier episode. Which I just sadly had to plug in last week's episode uh, <laughs> after a sad deaths. Yeah, that I'm well, still sad about. It was we were just on talking a, on a bummer that. note. Yeah, but we oh, were boy. just talking about how yeah it was yeah. very sad. But man, at the same time, God, how great would it be to have such a body of work? Yeah. And that he started acting when he was 37. And yeah, I mean, like, it's an interesting life. It's yeah. very on brand for this particular episode of like, man, I wish that we could have all told him what yeah. we all thought of him while he was still there. Yeah. No, yeah. Sophia's plot in this episode makes a lot of sense. I know, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this week on the show, we are traveling to February 22nd, 1992. Get a load of this. Wayne's World ruled the box office. <laughs> yes. And I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred topped the charts. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. <laughs> That's the context we're in. Uh, and then NBC aired the Golden Girls episode, Journey to the Center of Attention. Winston and Catherine, you must have seen Journey to the Center of Attention before today. <laughs> uh, no, we did no. not. We oh, had not. It was my first ever episode of Golden Girls. Yes. Catherine so, yeah. should... Yeah, what is everyone's history with the Golden Girls and then maybe larger television? Yes. 90s TV. Well, for me, the Golden Girls is something that I've kind of, it is a blank, it's like a blind spot for me pop culturally because I think, uh, like a lot of 
people probably i was like oh i this isn't i don't relate to this i don't this isn't for me and <laughs> elderly women yeah you're a tiny boy <laughs> right but then <laughs> 1992 now that i've seen like uh one of my favorite shows ever is arrested development yeah and those guys i looked and saw in the credits that jim uh valley was like one of the co-producers on this episode and mitch and herwitz, mitch is herwitz. A writer in the later and then even the writer not to i don't know if i'm spoiling this yeah. but one of the writers was mark cherry yeah from uh, the creator of Desperate Housewives. I just noticed there was a producer named Gail Parent, which sounds yeah. to me like a very 80s <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, Gail Parent. Yeah, but I just was like, oh, it, it's one of those things that it seems like a training ground for oh, yeah. like a ton of TV talent. And you yeah. go back, it's the same thing that I actually felt with Cheers, where I was like, yeah. I don't get this. But I went back, I was like, this is fantastic. And I think also, Golden Girls the same way. it follows a very classic, like you have the classic sitcom characters, you're following a very strict format, but it is... I'd read a lot of think pieces before yeah. touching this episode because <laughs> it has is, deeply influenced this is um, very female-driven you. television yeah. in the future. Yeah. And it really was. Um, and I think also for me, part of what I was thinking was really interesting watching it is when have we gotten to see four old ladies on TV since then? Yeah. Yeah. It, um, oh, yeah. It doesn't... It was revolutionary at the time. Also, because I think there were... I think it continues to be. I don't think there's been anything like that where we go out of our way to highlight specifically older yeah. women. I mean, so I was a big TV fan, but I did not watch the Golden Girls. So I read much. a lot of the New York Times in the New Yorker. Um, <laughs> I also did that as a child because we almost did not have TV growing up. She was the weird, like you know, the weird yeah, kid it's, who's it's like, the, we don't, we only watch P- P- PBS. Or, it's you know, what thing, it's, a, it's a reality I can't comprehend as someone from my reality so exactly because I was we, raised by it. Yeah, I do think this deserves you can edit this as no, much later. Yeah. But um my parents had no cable and one TV. Um it was a TV that by the early nineties was distinctly of the early eighties. Oh wow. Yeah. And we were allowed to watch thirty minutes of TV a day and we had to pick one show. So I picked at the time when I was kind of cognizant of it. Animaniacs. Of course. Yeah. That's, also, that's up... also getting you a lot of other pop culture, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, but like, I think those jokes... <laughs> you also head. don't yeah. understand because you're going to really watch it. Yeah. I also... Um, <laughs> the other important thing about this is that I lived near Detroit, Michigan, which is right near Canada. So we got ABC, NBC, um, CBS, and then CBC, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Man. Which meant that all of the kids' TV I watched growing up was Canadian children's television. So there's a show called The Pokeroo that nobody in America has heard of that was, like, formative to my childhood. Interesting. Yeah, she was the real weird kid. So I make these references to getting Pokeroo'd and people (laughs) don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Yeah. no, I've never heard of it. Well, but a lot of early Nickelodeon shows were Canadian, like Pinwheel Pinwheel. was Canadian. I remember Pinwheel Uh, very much. Was Today's Special Canadian? Today's Special I love. Today's Special Yeah, you can do that on television. Yeah. I watched today's I remember. I got banned. Um, do we have this yeah. conversation? I, I got banned from watching this. Uh, we, you can't do this on tele. Can't do that on television because I sang. Uh, I sang a parody version of Joy to the World that they had called Slime to the World, and my father freaked out <laughs> and forbade me from ever watching it again. Yeah. He's like, "Where did you get? Where did you hear that?" And I was like, "Should you can't lie, do that man. On, I was like, "The nightly news." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, rather. Uh, yeah, Peter uh, I learned it from you, Dad. Um, no, but so that was. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we we went over, but yeah, but Catherine is like well, the, the weird. Well, the other thing is, I went to Catholic school, so we were convinced to give up TV for Lent. Oh, man. So 40 days a year, I also didn't watch that 30 minutes of TV. And also when I hit either 
I think it was early elementary, my dad installed an actual physical lock on the TV. He's a physicist. Oh, my, but yeah, so, you guys were watching it anyway. So he installed an actual <laughs> physical lock on the television um, with a real key that you had to turn. And if the lock was turned in one direction, the because the, it was this old school TV that you turn yeah. the clicker, it wouldn't turn on anymore. And after he installed that, the TV had a permanent ghost shadow. So I remember trying to watch hockey when I was maybe 10 or 11, and there was a whole second hockey game happening <laughs> because of the ghost. So it was like a terrible experience to even watch TV. And my parents got a new TV that they kept in their bedroom that was just for them. And we had the shitty 80s ghost TV. Oh my God. Yeah. And they would lock it during the summer. And I didn't even remember this until I was older. But mom was like, oh, yeah, we just keep the – we did that so that all summer long we could just keep the TV locked so you didn't really watch TV during the summer. Like, yeah. we didn't even watch 30 minutes a day. <sighs> yeah, it's crazy, which is, like, I was parked in front of the TV. I'm not oh. like you, where I was a TV kid and just watched I watched everything. it every single day. I would get home at 3, watch it till 10 when I go to bed. Like, yeah. I watched probably – Five to seven hours yeah. on a weekday <laughs> when I was at school for most of the day. <laughs> That's crazy. I had sometimes to watch only about watch an hour. three or four. Sometimes we would watch an hour because sometimes my mom, I think, needed to get stuff done, so we were allowed to watch part of the Batman cartoon show. Wow. Cartoon show. That's like, and I don't even know show. why. <laughs> I don't know what my parent like because I, yeah. I, I feel like I turned out okay. Yeah. And I also don't think that they... Because there's a reason that, you know, the parents say, like, well, we don't want them to become, like, lazy or right, upset. Right, like, right. There, there are actual things that you, the parents do rightfully yeah. to protect your child from. Sure. That my parents, I'm trying to figure out why they let me watch so much and yeah. never got mad about it. And I don't know if it was because, I don't know, this is now, my therapist is also like, you're a writer. And sometimes you ascribe deeper meaning to things that yes. there is no deeper meaning yeah. to. But I'm like, I feel like while I was watching TV, my, it was... I, I feel like my parents should have been able to see how clearly it was powering my imagination. Yeah. Because I was crazy internal. Like, I was yeah. writing and drawing all the right. time. Usually yeah. my own original stories based on the shows I like. Yeah. And I can imagine. And also, I didn't have any friends. <laughs> and I was also allergic and couldn't really go outside and play. Yeah. So I feel like they were like, well, if we take away the TV, we, we literally it really take will destroy it. He has nothing else. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. would read and read and read. Yeah. I mean, I just read all the time mm. and... All joking aside, my parents had Newsweek and things like the Encyclopedia <laughs> and the New York Times, which I started to read probably at a slightly weirdly young age, like 10 years old. I, yeah. If you'd finished your book and hadn't gone to the library yet, you'd be like, I'll just start reading these Newsweeks. And, um, <laughs> I mean... Which also really dates. This is of a time. Yeah. You have a Newsweek subscription to support your school. Um, but I... Um, I would also play outside all summer long, just yeah. leave at 9 a.m. and come back at 5 and be biking. I was a huge tomboy and would, like, dissect yeah. slugs all day and do God knows what. I just love summers because I could watch, like, but, Nickelodeon during the day. Exactly. But when they would play, I'd like, little is, bits. Yeah. <laughs> my parents' kids did not turn out okay. Huh. Like, all three of their kids have dealt with depression and anxiety. My parents have... My parents have deep control issues, and yeah. I won't go too much into <laughs> my dysfunctional family than that, but it's just, um, it's interesting because you would, if television was so bad, and yeah. we never got I, I to see any of it. I think it depends on the kid. Like, yeah. so I think that, like, you're an imaginative, imaginative, creative, smart kid, and it's like everything, right? Like, it, you know different for everyone it's different for everyone yeah. so like it sparked your imagination it did the same thing to me yeah the only negative thing that i can see is that occasionally i remember there was a distinct period of my life when i would like uh 
turn on uh, I was living alone. Catherine and I, spoiler alert, we are married, but Catherine would, and I were dating at the time, and I would, well, lived alone, and I would turn on like a Law and Order SVU marathon and mean to do something, and then be like, <laughs> oh, I lost two hours. Like, <laughs> yeah. what this happened? was the thing we had to figure out, too, because A, um, I've become less judgmental thanks to a lot of therapy, but I really, first of all, overtly judged you for it. <laughs> I also think that Law and Order is a shitty show. That's degree to disagree. Okay, so. <laughs> we could go, we could really get into this. Um, I feel that um, it is not a good way to ex- use your time on Earth. Yeah. And um, and also, I really like quiet when I'm at home and no background noise. Oh, yeah. And so we, for See, a while, were living in like, a... I have to have a TV on at all times. And we yeah. lived in a studio apartment that was yeah. a small studio yeah. apartment together. So I'll there still, was some... Before she comes home, I'll throw up an episode of Cheers. And now I'll probably do the Golden Girls because yeah. like I just like having the rhythm of it and the the noise and like I'm doing my dishes while I'm I'm not yeah. not doing anything yeah yeah and it's good to not I used to not yeah. I had it's to kind of get five minute you know yeah. and I because I grew up I grew up watching the Golden Girls which I think I talked about we did a Golden yeah. Girls episode I think episode four or five with Crystal Beth we talked about Golden Girls so I talked about my history there so I will say go listen to that episode too if you have yeah do it the, the abridged version is like I knew this was one of my mom's favorite shows and I remember like we watched it it came on Saturday nights and so I would. Like, going to my mom's bedroom while she was, like, watching it. She yeah. loved Golden Girls. So I would watch it with her. And I remember, like, I found it hilarious. And it's always been one of my favorite shows. Yeah. And it has been in syndication, like, on Lifetime back in the day. Oh, right. All the time. Like, it has never left syndication. It is still, like, draws millions of viewers in syndication today. Like, yeah. it has... It's yeah. one of these essential syndication shows. So yeah. I've seen every episode a million times. Right. Like, with my mom. I remember watching the final episode. I remember oh. watching it, I think we were in East Tennessee at my parents, at my grandparents' cabin. Because uh, I remember the whole, like, Dorothy gets married to Leslie Nielsen in the series finale. Oh, wow. Uh, but yeah. Let's get into the yeah. episode. Sorry, sorry. This week on Must Have Seen TV, we're talking about the Golden Girls episode Journey to the Center of Attention. It is the 18th episode of Season 7 and was written by Jamie Wooten and Mark Cherry and directed by Lex Paceris. Here's how Hulu describes the episode. Blanche brings a lonely Dorothy down to the rusty anchor. How accurately does that describe the episode? Uh, that's... 5% of it? Yeah. Like but the- I'm sort of glad. I kind of enjoy that that's... I mean, I guess that wasn't... You, you were going to watch the Golden Girls or not. Yeah. You weren't going to be like, well, this sounds great. The <laughs> <laughs> synopsis really selling me on yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, can I tell you my main thought yeah. when we saw the Rusty Anchor? Was that I understand more why The Sopranos was seminal television now because the Rusty Anchor did not look real to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's yeah, let's uh, let's okay, okay yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this right now because uh, okay. I had a note for this later. Is like I love the like bars and sitcoms are actually my ideal bar because they <laughs> are like well lit, well lit <laughs> yeah. quiet everyone is mostly behaved and, and even when full they're full of old men <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like cheers and yeah. the rusty anchor are like yeah i would love to go to a bar that i can actually see and hear people in right it's dark wood but like lit very well yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not like never and too nobody's crowded. Drunk. Nobody's <laughs> drunk. Never too crowded. I kind of yeah. feel like maybe I should start like call it like the sitcom bar. That would be great. Like, yeah. The rules are the jukebox is for show. Yeah, it doesn't work. We have a piano, <laughs> but it's for comedy only, and only thirty second songs at a time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because uh, of the yeah, like we don't have the rights. I love it. That's, that's fantastic. So I would definitely go. Uh, let's talk that's about the opening credits because as people that aren't like super familiar with the Golden Girls, how familiar are you with the theme song? 
Uh, very. I mean, I just feel like that's one of the most famous theme songs. Uh, and I feel like, obviously, it feels like the Golden Girls sort of had a kind of, uh, camp resurgence, or I felt like the more, as an adult, the more I heard about Golden Girls is from, like, my friends who were gay. Yeah, Like, yeah. kind of talking yeah. about it a little bit more. But, uh, but that, I know the song more recently. Yeah. Okay, but... so point counterpoint. I sing... <laughs> Only the one line, thank you for being a friend, all the time, which Winston can attest to. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what I thought it was, but I did not know it was that. Until oh, did you really? I started to play, and I was like, well, who knew? Oh, that's so, <laughs> that is a revelation, because I was like, oh, well, clearly Catherine knows it's the Golden Girl no, song. I just, um, We've been I, married for, what, three and a half years? Yeah. <laughs> and dating for eight, and I still don't. Didn't know that yeah, when I, she was saying that, she yeah. had no idea what the origin of the song was. Yeah, but uh, the only line I know, too, is thank you for being a friend. And I just yeah. sing that over and over again. Is that the whole song? No. Okay. Travel down the road and back, back again. again. Your heart is true. You're, You're a pal and a confidant. And if you do a party. I watched this 30 minutes ago with both of you. And the fact that I truly thought the only line might be thank you for being a friend is a great example. Just repeated it for thirty seconds. Yeah, well, I have you, trouble learning song lyrics. Yeah, um, the but, opening uh, credits are also because we were watching a season seven episode, which is the last season, and the opening credits of that classic. What I think is what should be the opening credit style of every show is it is the greatest hits of the series. Where yeah, it's like the actor's face and then their name, and it's yeah. just like directing to the point. So None funny. of these like artsy like blood floating in an ocean <laughs> type of like yeah. and just like random names you have no context the for. other thing that I, I think is it would have been artsy blood floating in an ocean and then we cut to the exact same set yeah but I do cards intro for Golden Girls yeah right I do think the thing that I always forget with these is like the helicopter shot of the city where it's yeah. set like all Miami. like fa- family matters and <clears throat> Uh, Full House at San Francisco. Yeah, but the, I was like, oh, right, I forget. These places, part of the, apparently in the kind of toolkit of, like, you have to show where it's set. Yeah. Like, Bob Newhart show opening is him literally walking through Chicago. Yeah. And it's usually the only time they actually film on location is, right. like, Bob Newhart flew out to yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Like, Mary Moore went to Minneapolis for yeah. that one, like, day of walking around the city. Yeah. And then the rest right. of it's in L.A. Right. And this was all in L.A., too, although the exterior of their house is... I think the exterior was originally an actual house. Yeah. And then they recreated it in uh, the Buena Vista lot in Florida on MGM oh, Studios. Wow. Because I remember when I went to Disney World in when I was in fifth grade in 95. Yeah. We took like the back lot tour and I was right, like, over right. there is the Golden Girls house. I was oh, like, oh, that's there's so the exterior. Crazy. Yeah. yeah I, so I also like <clears throat> the fact that Brett's must see would be the Golden Girls house. He's, He's like, like oh, I'm here is. at Universal Studios. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the one thing I need yeah. to get on this TV, too. <laughs> yeah, that's um, great. But yeah, so the okay. episode opens up with uh, Dorothy is on the couch, and she's depressed and watching a corn shucking video. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that was also really interesting. I was just reading a thing about the death of the infomercial. Oh. And I was like, right, you would never see that now because these things don't exist on TV because we all stream and yeah. all of our viewing habits are dying and so what's going to happen to all of these products? They still, like, because I watch a lot of Game Show Network and so yeah. I think they all of them are now, like, their last oh, grit is they have the 30 second commercial but it's for all these infomercial products. Right. And it's, and I, I, I 
watch them all the time, but like that's the only way you find them. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were in um, South Carolina recently and went to a as seen on TV store. Oh, I, oh, I love being as Target has crazy. an as seen on TV section. Oh wow! Oh. It's in the. Uh, wow. It's usually in like the the aisle with like light bulbs and stuff. Okay. It's in that aisle. <laughs> okay, that's good. Um, so, so here's my question because I don't watch the show as uh, I don't know the show as well. Yeah. This felt out of character for Dorothy to be depressed and sort of dowdy. I feel like, and maybe it's because yeah, I think yeah. of B. Arthur as more of a confident performer, that this is like, is this consistent with this character? It is, uh, like, kind of, but yeah, mostly, I feel like this is her problem of the episode. Got it. That she isn't really, she doesn't really have, she does have, she's unlucky with men kind of on the rank throughout the series. She's more of a loser, though, which is not... Yeah, which, like, yeah, because yeah. usually it's people are making fun of her looks or whatever, and she's like, she will then knock them down a peg. Again, it didn't match the energy and at least kind of the, again, how I perceive it from, you know, I feel like a lot of uh, gay men sort of see B. Arthur as this sort of oh, like... Yeah. All four of them, but yeah. Be yeah, Dorothy, but yeah. she's sort of like the... Well, it's funny because there's like the, uh, whatchamacallit, Mitch Hurwitz was talking about Jack Queen, Jack Queen King, King? Uh, Jack, oh. uh, King Queen Jack Joker? and Joker. Yeah. And how he basically like structured the blue children are like mm. Michael's the King, Lindsay's the Queen, J uh, Job is the Knave or Jack and, uh, and Buster's the Joker. And yeah. he's like, I learned how to write that being on the Golden Girls. Yeah. Because like, be like, uh, there's like the he's the king, Blanche is the queen, yeah, Rose yeah. is the Jack, yeah, and then Sophia's the Joker, right? Yeah. Or you could even switch it where, um, if you think of the knave as like somebody who transgresses or is like hypersexual, like that, oh, right, Blanche yeah, is, and then like Rose is like very feminine, yeah, and like maybe that, you know, so it's like very interesting that it's like masculine energy, feminine energy, transgressive, se over sexualized energy, and then somebody who's strictly goofy and there for the jokes, yeah, and it's like a very interesting, like Seinfeld has the same thing, mm -hmm. Jerry, Elaine, George. Well, there's also that book, The Eight Characters of Comedy, which right, talks yeah. about it with a slightly different framework, but it's true of everything. But that's why, yeah. I, that's why again, it felt like it bumped a little bit, that it was like, oh, this doesn't feel like Dorothy... She's had a bad week, you know? Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. You know, just saying about it. She's on the couch <laughs> shucking corn, watching people shuck corn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh. she's under that little blanket. It's the blanket <laughs> that made it so pathetic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then we get our first interaction of the episode, which is between Blanche and Dorothy, and Blanche is like, get ready to go to the rusty anchor. Yeah. Uh -huh. What did y'all think about their dynamic off the top? Um, so I had seen, and through my think piece reading, <laughs> it was like... Uh, knew enough to have the context for it, but it was so tightly written. Yeah. It was very funny. Um, also, it was full of good jokes, and it was mean. Yeah. It was so mean. Yeah. She's down, and she just keeps kicking her. Yeah, because yeah. Blanche yeah. comes out, I was like, well, I have a little exercise I do whenever my self-esteem's kind of low. I say my name, and then I list three positive things about myself. I'm Blanche Devereaux, I'm beautiful, men find me desirable, and people want to be my friend. And then Dorothy repeats it, and then Blanche's like, oh, you are supposed to come up with something for your own. Uh, yeah, and you know, like, one of the things I liked is that you could both enjoy watching it and know exactly what the next thing was. Like, you were yeah. always one line ahead in yeah. your mind. But, yeah. it, but it would sometimes come, like, you're like, okay, we know, we know Blanche is going to say, don't repeat it, and you're like, she's going to yeah. give her, then her, her, like, things are, you're, you know, like, you could say, I'm Dorothy Spornak, I'm a good speller. And I'm, uh, I'm very prompt, and um, 
Well, actually, there's there's no law that says it has to be three. <laughs> it's like you can see the joke of she's going to give her three attributes coming, but then when she gives the three attributes, it's like yeah. those two, and then. Well, who says there has to be three? Yeah, that that was the nice like that was, yeah, the, was nice the nice twist, twist that I didn't see. Also, quite I love those because those were so perfect for a woman who would have grown up in the 1940s. Yeah, <laughs> to be like, clumps. well, in school, girls are good at spelling. Yeah, like, that's all of your potential is you need to spell well and be on time to be a secretary. Right. Yeah. But, um, the thing that I I general note about Golden Girls uh, is, which I think is where the Arrested Developmentness comes from, is that people always say like Arrested Development has the most jokes of any show, like that. Right. 30 Rock. And I always say, like, when you go back and watch Golden Girls now, the the joke density is astounding, especially for yeah. a live, like, not, it's edited, but, like, live in front of an audience, like, waiting yeah. for laughter. Yeah. And it's because they do jokes on jokes on jokes. Like, that whole, like, give me it's three attributes game, game, thing. Game. Yeah. There's no... <clears throat> There's the joke about the three attributes, Dorothy repeating it as a joke, Blanche listing those two were each jokes, and then her not being able to remember a third one is a joke, and then Dorothy's look off of that is a joke, and then her saying, I could strangle my best friend's... Snap yeah. neck. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. like five or six jokes yeah. off of one premise. I yeah. did, I started to f- completely forget that the the studio audience was there mm-hmm. because it was moving so fast, and I think they must sort of, I wonder if they're like, because they it wasn't the kind of thing where, you know, when you watch Friends, that whole joke about Friends without the laugh track, yeah. but like, um, but it doesn't, it didn't feel like they were like, oh, uh, stretch it for time with the laugh, yeah. like let the laugh, like. Which is when we see like TGIF stuff where you're like, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like. That laugh stretching. does not match the joke that was told. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just like yeah, yeah. It's like, we need to kill three seconds every joke. So you yeah. like, just do that. Anyway. Well, uh, usually because when the audience is laughing, the camera is pausing. All four of them are so good at reaction shots. Yeah. Like a lot, like later on, Rose's whole game of everyone just like yelling at her for forgetting the wake thing and then yeah. her just. Ro- uh, Betty White's just reaction. Her face yeah. on that is just funny. Yeah. So Very great. Interesting. Uh, so then Blanche's whole idea of like, well, let me cheer you up by taking you down to the rusty anchor, which we already talked about is the perfect bar. Right. Like, so honestly, great. Also the gayest straight bar. So funny. I or like yeah. the worst possible hookup bar yeah. because it's bright quiet, nobody's but dressed. All men. All yeah. men. Also, yeah, it's very weird. Like, that I was weird. Like Blanche has stumbled onto <laughs> one of Miami's old elder man gay right. bars. Which, we, is, which is also so funny because it's true. It's like, all we want to do is like have innuendo with these elderly women and then watch them sing. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no sing doubt. old musical songs. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing I thought was really funny was that... Uh, the There's age range. Token young guy there. Yeah, that was what I laughed really hard. I was like laughing to myself because it was like, oh, yep, 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 makes sense, makes sense. And clearly, it's like we got to put like just get one, of, get one of. The, we need one more person. Get one of the writers in here. <laughs> you know, like no, but it was like Paul Rudd, like a dirty, dingy Paul Rudd. But then yeah. there was another kind of heavy set like oh, guy yeah. who was um the, uh, another, the who had lines who yeah. When they walk in, okay. First of all, I need to ask this because. Blanche tells us, like, it's nickel beer night. So, what does that mean? As someone that, like, I, like, does that mean that the beers the are beers on sale for a nickel? nickel? I, yeah. My guess is that it's for so. ladies only. That's uh, what I assume. Yeah, yeah, that would make more sense. I assume uh, it was that bar be out of business. Only. Yeah. Yeah, because they used to, my mom worked as a cocktail waitress for a little while in the 70s. Ooh. Um, 
during an interesting period in her life down in Florida, <laughs> and they did twenty five cent drinks for yeah, okay. the girls on Tuesdays. That makes yeah. sense. Then. And she always thought it was like the worst night to work and so bleak because it was a lot of guys who were very ready to go and still not that many women. <laughs> and so they would just go. And... I mean, that's the rusty anchor. <laughs> yeah, that's all the rusty anchor. <laughs> and I think that that's when it got to be unpleasant. Is the rusty anchor like part of the retirement community? It well, feels no, they, like because they they're not in the retirement community. Oh, okay. They're just in Florida. Yeah, that's Blanche's home. Oh, and then she just started. She I can't remember. She rented out the other rooms because uh, Sophia was in a retirement home. Oh, and they pull it burns okay. down in the pilot, and she comes, and then the running oh. joke of the series is, "You sent me to Shady Pines," and it was basically like a concentration camp. Right. Was the joke. It's like, <laughs> right. It was horrible. Like yeah. they were horrible to us. Right. And then whenever. Dorothy gets mad at her. Her thing is always Shady Pines, Ma. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. To send her back, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, so <laughs> that's great. There's a there's a really good joke. Um, there's a Cheers reference when they go to the yes. rusty anchor. Yes, Blanche is like, "You're going to introduce me to some of your friends." Yes, if I see anybody I know. It's a dog-eat-dog world, and I'm wearing no underwear. The norm joke is milk-bone underwear. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, that's just direct Cheers. When did Cheers end? Cheers was still going on at this point. Okay, because I was wondering if this was like a homage. But then um, they called called it back when Dorothy came in, and they said, uh, what's your pleasure? And she said, some old actor in a waterbed. Yeah. Clawed someone on it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, right. But that was when, I think the second time when I was like, oh, yeah, they're really, these are like direct norm norm joke. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, that was great. (laughs) But yeah, hearing that, um, I wanted to talk about Dorothy's first look in the episode, or her dressed up look. Her Sergeant Peppers. Her light, it was this black. I was like, we have to talk about this. The worst part of it was like, that is what I would have worn. (laughs) Yeah. During the 90s. Definitely. I mean, 100%. I was like, this is the thing. I'm still saying 100% all the time after watching American American Vandal, by the way. Oh, is that? Oh, yeah. Because that kid goes yeah. 100%. I love that. 100%. Now I start to say it. <laughs> yeah, you can cut that it's out. Uh, Anyways, um, she, but I brought her, she, her shoulders as a, as well, a rule. Shoulder pads, when it's 92. But then 92. I, I think that she also, like, it's a it's a hat on a hat there, right? Like, oh, man. Pads on broad. Oh. Well, also, the earrings I loved. At first, I was like, are they Chanel? And then we got in closer, <laughs> and I was like, they are not. They are just big. It was crazy. She's in a dark... Yeah. She, it's a, I wrote down like Michael Jackson look. Like it looks yeah. like his, in the early 90s when he was going through that militaristic. Yeah. It looks like a Rhythm Nation Janet Jackson Michael. It was very, in it's, it, I actually thought it was Nautical Sailor. Yeah. And yeah. I actually have a photo from ni- 1992 where it's my mom, me, and my younger brother all in matching Nautical Sailor outfits. Oh yeah, that but was. But it was a, a very, it was in style. There was and that it was yeah. It was back in style like one or two seasons ago. You yeah. saw all of these military inspired, specifically Navy Admiral inspired jackets. Yeah. Well, I, I also like a good like navy and white striped shirt. Yeah. She's yeah. a nice look. Yeah. That's well, that's right. probably what she had on underneath. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny though because I did feel like B. Arthur's looks throughout the entire episode were the most dated. Whereas like I felt like Betty White like Rose and Blanche they, I didn't feel like they were. I, I was like, these you felt like they could have. Blanche was dated. She was dated, but <laughs> but in sort of 
It felt like she, she was, was dated in that. It was a dress that was a pattern of a '90s couch yeah. during the wake scene. I guess. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. Dorothy's looks throughout the entire series—they're the most drapiest. Yeah. She—it's this weird. Like I have no idea what her body looks like. Cause yeah. When I think of B. Arthur and Blanche or uh, and Dorothy, I think of a rectangle. Yeah. Because it's just everything is. No, just, I think that's you know true. what? She's dressing for herself and not yeah. the people around her. And as a society, we have trouble dealing with that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think so. I would call it that's loose what... Annie Hall. <laughs> yeah. It's like. Well. My point. Yeah. I would also say that, you know, you see that now that uh-huh. there's a trend in wealthy, um, progressive women's fashion towards shapeless bags. <laughs> that only she... very, very skinny, attractive women can look even halfway decent in. But it oh. also is like, I'm not dressing for anyone. That's I'm interesting. just wearing this sack. And it, it, it's, it fits with Dorothy's character. It's also why I think she does look dated, just because, like, she, she, stand, she stood out yeah. then and she stands yeah. out now. I right. thought she looked regal and a yeah. little scary. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is also, her hair is longer in this season, and they frame it, like, it feels like the bangs are, or, like, the front part is, like, cut in a layer that hits right at her cheekbones, and they just yeah. make her cheekbones look even more, like, it's just yeah. this. If we're talking hair, I have to call out the piano player. Oh yeah. Whose hair does he remind you? Does his hair remind you of? Wasn't it? Was it like a? It just looks like a '90s dude hair. It's like it, that weird it, blurry. It age, reminded 90s. me of the current president of the United States. Oh god! <laughs> I was like, that's a. But it's like the way it was yeah. like done. I was like, oh, he's still not to bring him into this. But, but with it was thick like enough with thick. Hair. But with thick hair. But yeah. I was like, oh, he is styling as if he is the Golden Girls pianist in 1992. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we get to, uh, there's this really great bit. There's a lot of good, like, classic singing bits in this. Yeah. Uh, there's the whole Blanche, or Dorothy starts talking about music to the piano player. Right. And he starts, like, asking, like, do you sing? And she's like, no, it's that whole, like, don't let me sing. Don't right, let me right, sing. right. And she's finally like, oh, okay, cool. And she does, like, a night, she does, what will I do? Yeah. This scene was unclear to me. Did she not want to sing and was slowly made comfortable? Or did she very much want to sing and was forcing him to get her to do it? I, I didn't know how to second. read it. Why? Because I read it as, I feel, well, because the way it plays out is she does, like, the first verse or two very, yeah. like, she's seated. It's very, like, it's almost as if she's recollect, like, just right. reminiscing while singing. There's, like, this kind of far-off gaze in her eye. And she's yeah. like... What a light. Like, it's very yeah, nice it's very and pretty. Good. And then, like, the song theoretically ends, and then it's this, like... When I'm alone With only dreams of you That won't come true What'll I do? What'll I do With just that's where it's like, oh, I think that she was not into it, and then was slowly getting into yeah. it, and then was, and I wrote down like it's she's singing a laugh line right there. Yeah, she's like that's that's like a I don't know if you're judging comedy like the Olympics, that's yeah. like a like high difficulty. No, definitely to yeah. make someone laugh through doing straight singing because the song isn't funny, she's not singing it funny. Yeah. It's no, it's very good. The character moment of her standing up when you think it's yeah. done. Yeah, it was great. <clears throat> the, my question is again for for someone who has watched, is this the first time we know that Dorothy can sing? No, they worked that shit in. Got it. <laughs> I would have been, I would have been shocked to have known that this was like, because yeah, I would imagine that with 
It's like a Broadway dame. Yeah, exactly. It's like work with what you have. It was, but they would do that in, um, uh, like Andy Griffith and, and like Murder, (laughs) She Wrote, where they'd randomly have these moments where it's like, remember, I'm an amazing performer. And and it's like, but it doesn't have any relevance on anything. We just wanted to like, Andy Griffith clearly wanted to sing like Midnight Special in like a, uh, episode. But I I was wondering that because I was like, this would be really weird if this was the first time they took advantage of it. She was amazing. It was really great. Yeah. It was so moving. It was, it was also, like you said, like really interesting in a comedy for them to kind of allow her to be excellent and like just stand back for a minute and be like, we'll just let her do it. And yeah, I feel like most comedies would feel the need to undercut it. Or... Yeah. There wouldn't be the patience for the moment. Yeah. To like, we got to put a joke in somewhere. It's is, like... Yeah. Cause that's what I was watching is like, they don't make them like this anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like, it the... made me cry. I was sitting there trying to dab it. Like, <laughs> keep my... Because also it was this character who we know has been, unlucky in love and even having not seen the show like you just know in the one minute into it enough yeah. about her and so they chose the most heartbreaking and poignant of songs <laughs> yeah and she was performing the shit out of it as yeah. if there was a deeper underlying meaning towards it and i just it was very that was apparently because i in the big book i read i read right yeah. up on it before we got the, that was one of the arthur's requests because they're like well of course we're going to do this because she can sing and I think Hard Hearted Hannah, which is a song she does later, was like, yeah. well, you're going to do that, obviously. And then she was like, I also want to do something pretty because I want to show people that I can also do this because most of the time, B. Yeah. Arthur's going to do these, like, browsing, like, yeah, 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 you know. And so, like, they gave her this, and that's the first song she does in the episode. And it's like, yeah. oh, God. It was, it was so good. It also said it, it was really great because it made you, uh, man, but Rue McClanahan, she's so horrible in the episode, <laughs> but you don't hate her. Like, that's the thing, because you feel for her, too, that she's, like, I don't know. I felt, I felt that was a trick. for her than B. Arthur. Yeah. Because she needed all that attention. She yeah. needed it, and also the way she gets it. Is there anything sadder <laughs> than... No, truly, though. Is there anything sadder than a beautiful woman where that's kind of all she's got? Yeah. Who's now aged. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. It's kind of so deep. Yeah, because that's what that's what she is. And that's I think why there I love is. her. And like, but yeah, but that I think you also that was again the kind of magic of it is that you don't hate her because you you pity you're, her. You yeah. pity her, and you're at you're la- you can feel empathetic. And is there anything sadder than pitying a woman? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, the B plot of this episode. <laughs> we can uh, we can like probably knock out all the B plot in one, one oh, man. discussion. Oh, so, I thought it... you meant the B plot of this episode, and I was oh, like, no. oh, you mean the second cut that's going to be a sad version of this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's um, the double disc. One is yeah. So t- yeah, I, I'd like to talk about the B plot. I love the B plot. It's like they had to give you know you have to give Sophia like the cool thing about Golden Girls is that it pairs off in these interesting ways. So it's yeah. like cool. So, like, Blanche and Dorothy, A-plot, what can Sophia and Rose do? Right. They're a weird, they're, like, there's not a straight person in that, too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Usually Dorothy and Blanche kind of are the ones, they all play, Dorothy's always a straight person, the other three kind of flit in and out of it. Yeah. But Sophia and Rose are rarely the straight person. No. So they give them a plot that is typically, like, yeah, it's as crazy as a Rose-Sophia <laughs> plot should be, where they, they enter the episode, like, oh, we just got back from this great wake. Yeah. The most fun Sophia's ever had. Yeah, which and, is great. And so they're like, they're telling, like, someone was dancing with the corpse. And... <laughs> oh, it was an Irish way. Yeah. yeah. But that would, that's, uh, that would, yeah. 
That's insane. Well, that was also a great setup punchline, too, where first there's a joke. I didn't have a problem with it till one of the relatives got drunk and started slow dancing with the corpse. <laughs> but even then, it was surprisingly touching. And then it comes yeah. up later when Dorothy's like, well, I'm afraid to lunch. What if no one there wants to talk to me? What if nobody asked me to dance? Now, Dorothy, think. If there's somebody out there who is willing to dance with the corpse, there's somebody willing to dance with you. They brought that beat yeah. plot yeah. in to serve the service yeah, that was really so tightly written. Yeah. And uh, so then the whole thing is, well, Sophia wants to throw her own wake because she wants to actually, like, hear the things that people want to say to her. Right. Kind of like a birthday party, but not in her birthday. Well, yeah. also, I was watching it, and it's like, I thought that a living wake was a whole thing now. Oh, but yeah, they might have. Maybe I the Golden Girls started. I think it's become a thing. Which maybe it's a reflection of the me generation. Oh yeah. I but, will also say yeah. I, I was Did they say I was that? stunned that this plot happened in the seventh season of this show. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It felt like dealing with elderly women <clears throat> that this would have come up Way earlier. Way earlier. <laughs> I wanted to point out, like I noticed watching this, there are three distinct eras of Golden Girls. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um there's like the first Three seasons with the original showrunner, name I can't remember. And that's like, it's a straightforward great sitcom. It isn't too broad, it's like really, it's the density, joke density stays the exact same throughout. But the first three seasons or so are very like, great classic sitcom, never too serious, never too broad. It does have moments of real poignancy to it, but it's all about joke, joke, joke. Yeah. The middle part, like seasons four and five, is where they get a new showrunner and it becomes like super, uh, very special episode. Oh. Rose has an AIDS scare in one of these oh, episodes. Oh, that's right. What? She was like blood transfusion. Like, uh, they, they deal with, oh. uh, there's... No, I also was like, why not Blanche? Yeah. Well, the, the, like there was a, the smart point was like, they were, cause this was hitting, like, I don't think, this was like Ronald Reagan had still not talked about AIDS. Yeah. And they were, right. So they are like, well, we're going to give it to Rose because everyone's going to assume like, well, Blanche, the promiscuous one, get it. We want to show... People like Rose can also get AIDS through, like, it is not a yeah. sex disease, it is not a curse, it's not, like, God's punishment. Right. And so it's, like, this really smart, great, oh, the weird thing is, is, like, even though there's, like, two seasons worth of just very special episode after episode, it's still as funny, the jokes still come as fast and furious. Yeah. And it, it regularly walks this weird tightrope of, the characters are going through real deep shit, like, Blanche's daughter gets, I think, in Beecher fertilization in that in those seasons, Whoa. and she's, wow. like, really, like... A mad that she doesn't want a husband and all that. But still super funny. And yeah. then you get to, I think Mitchell Hurwitz might have come on during that time. But then yeah. like the last two seasons of the show are just bonkers. Like it gets real <laughs> crazy. And so an episode where Sophia's like, I want to have a wake, but I'm still alive. It's like, yeah, yeah. that's a crazy, that's a kooky yeah. idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, and even Cheers like, sort of did that too. Like towards the end, yeah, you're it just like, gets it gets, yeah. But again, the quality and timing still of good. the jokes, it never yeah. like it. So it's really interesting. There are these three different eras of it. And so, yeah, that's why this plot, and so, so they start planning the wake, and then everyone comes, <laughs> and it turns out that Rose forgot to mention that Sophia's actually alive, yeah. because she was too busy, you know, I was cooking the hors d'oeuvres, and yeah. doing all those other stuff. And yeah. making the punch, yeah. Yeah. and the decoration. I also <laughs> thought it was really funny to hear the uh, use of freaking, or friggin'. Yeah, friggin'. <laughs> you forgot to tell these people I was alive, didn't you? And I made the freaking punch, and I made the freaking decorations. Yeah. And it's like, oh right, this would be this would be f- fuck in in like yeah. a in an actual like today, you know, yeah. if you, yeah. this wasn't on network, or it would be bleeped out, which would again like 
provide yeah. that shock value because it's coming from Rose. So what did we think about the B-plot? The it was funny. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was great. The A-plot, the, the primary plot was more poignant to me yeah. and it felt too real to me <laughs> as someone who... Would wear a military style <laughs> outfit to a bar and then tag yourself. Your choose Dorothy. not to speak to <laughs> yeah, anyone. Exactly. Um, whereas the I just love the nonsense of it. And I love the darkness of it. There's nothing fucking funnier to me than forgetting the critical detail yeah. that she's still alive. Yeah. And when she comes in and she's like, "Hey, everyone!" and everyone's like, like horrified, like a yeah. woman faints in the back. Right, yeah. right, right. And then something. Hey, like, everyone. <laughs> to my wake. What do you think of the dress? Oh. Well, excuse me for buying off the rack. So what? Some people have to buy off the rack. Yeah. <laughs> it's so I also was I was also stunned and thought again, wow, this this is the B plot? Like yeah. this feels like it could be an A plot. Oh, like, yeah. You know? And it also doesn't take up much time. No, like, it's, it's not so even, short. I think even Act 3 has none of it. It's mostly like a little bit Act 1, Act 2 is mostly that, and then it's back to the bar. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't really run concurrently. So it's like the kind of, because like Blanche dips into this B plot for that one wake scene. Dorothy is not there. Yeah. yeah. Maybe she's like perfecting. She's practicing somewhere. <laughs> like, I, I guess they set up in Act 1, she didn't want anything to do with it. Oh, right. Yeah. And so, That's right. Because she doesn't want her mom, want to go to her mom's wake. Yeah. So then we get the grand finale yeah. of the next night at the Rusty Anchor, and Dorothy's there, and she's like, I'm not going to sing, but then she's surprised, already has the yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was going to be naked under the trench coat. Did anyone else? Oh, I thought yeah. she was going to be naked, too. Blanche comes in in the trench coat with Sophia and Rose to oh, be sorry. like, here, yeah. look, like this is what she does to me now. Right. Uh, Sophia has a really great joke where she's... I don't believe it. My Dorothy is popular. After 60 years of bargaining with God, it's finally happened. <laughs> per our agreement, I'm off to Calcutta to work with the poor. Yeah, work with the poor in Calcutta. I yeah. also think it's so funny that she's been holding out for like 60 years <laughs> of doing something nice, being like, no, yeah. not until... Wait, not until my Dorothy's popular. Right. And, yeah. and that's also the kind of joke that's very much a season 7 Golden Girls joke, because that's just like a good, like, has no basis in reality. Yeah. Sophia isn't really, like, saying that joke to anyone in particular. <laughs> no. She speaks it to God in a bar. Yeah. <laughs> and then gets up and walks away. Yeah. Oh, man. To Calcutta? Like, where yeah. does she go? Oh. Yeah, like, she's gone. Yeah. Uh, so then we get the, like, oh, like, uh, there's a really great line where Blanche has this breakdown. She gets up, and then Rose turns to Sophia and says, Boy, when the mask falls off, it really makes a thud. That yeah, was that very was funny. That um, was one of my favorite... I think Rose had my favorite jokes of the yeah. whole... That, that joke and then the later joke was very funny. I liked Blanche's jokes as well. Yeah. I thought they were solid. I, I thought... Yeah, and then so she then Blanche does. Then she does this, which let's talk. Um, uh, so like the background on this is like Blanche or Rue McClanahan apparently just worked with a partner. Like she had written the book for a musical that was going up in LA at that time. Yeah. So she worked with the choreographer to like really choreograph this scene because this was she was like this is my Emmy episode. So this is the episode uh, she submitted to the Emmys that year for uh to be considered for best supporting actress. That makes sense. Or I think she might have been best actress at this point. Um. And so she, like, wanted to get it right. And this the the thing is a marvel of physical comedy. It's very she good. She takes off her it's... trench coat. 
She's wearing what looked like a Valentine dress. Like it's yeah. like yes. bright red, red tights, like a bunch of like yeah. danglies. Yeah. She like starts off on the piano. She's twisting around, getting tangled yeah. up in the cord. First, she loses her shoe, her which shoe. I love because that was not because you know this isn't going to go well. No, yeah. <laughs> and she's got a mic with a cord. Yeah. So you know certain things, and she's on a piano, so you know some of what's coming. But I love that the first thing they choreographed for her was for her shoe to go flying across the bar. <laughs> so yeah. the rest of it, you have the visual of her in only one shoe. Yeah. Trying yeah. To be sexy. <laughs> but. I was surprised because there was a part of me thinking, oh, she's going to be a bad singer. But I knew in my head, Rue McClanahan is like another yeah. Broadway also star. Sing, yeah. Yeah. And is amazing. So I was like, how are they going to undercut well, it? And it's like, of... oh, her desperation yeah. is what makes it so bad. Well, and she wasn't truly singing. She was more almost, I felt, speaking it. Yeah. 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 She's doing a, a I Want to Be Loved by You. Yeah. <laughs> Which they, they, yeah, they, they, they chose that one because, like, that's a high difficulty song of, like, well, it's, there's more room for error. Yeah. Singing at the wrong tempo. Not right. Sing- and also the, the, like, boo, boo, be do is, yeah. like, it's supposed to be It's sort of a gross song anyway. Cutesy. Yeah. And if you're doing that sloppily is even funnier. Yeah. So she, like, backs off of the piano, hits the keys, falls, like, sits on someone's... Yep. Strangles yeah. a man with the cord. Strangles a man with the yeah. cord accidentally. Oh, sits on the guy with the hip replacement. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> yeah, when she just looks like she's got it back together and she's back on track, she learns that the person. Hi, handsome. What's your name? His name's Don, and he just had hip surgery. <laughs> and then I love that it's also the pianist, who's the whole one who is so supportive of yeah. Blanche, brought yeah. up, who's like. He just had his hip replaced. <laughs> Get off. Like, yeah. And then she goes and talks to another guy. Ooh, is that a gun in your pocket? He's happy to see me. And he slaps a gun down on the thing. It is. Yeah. I do think they have a... And she's like, yeah. She's It's so bit. great. It's also very of the... I think the place... That is where... Like, oh, right. It's, it's a retirement community. Yeah. So it's very funny that they have it's the hip replaced. Or not... Well, it, you know, it, it it's is Florida. Like, it's, old, it's, Florida. It's, all, it's an old person bar. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, but they kind of play into that it's like very using the world and the circumstance of she comes in and all these old guys love her it's like yeah. right it just shows how pathetic and sort of desperate <laughs> and it is really interesting that the men sort of resonate and respond to someone who's kind of soulful yeah where she sings what will i do and then the other one's sort of like a fun standard and then like rue mcclanahan's over sexualized sort of trying to be younger and cutesy like kind of Blows up in her face. Yeah. And it's like, it's basically... It's a gay bar, right? It's a gay bar. (laughs) It's a gay bar. (laughs) At this gay bar, uh, this would normally go over like gangbusters. The thing that never quite fit together for me was also, they're both loving going there all the time, but what action is coming out of this? They're not, nobody's asking for their number. They're not yeah. going on a date. They're it's just going back just again attention. night after yeah. night. Journey to the center of attention. That's yeah. all they are getting. Except there is this sort of weird thing where she's like, that's not the worst thing I've done on that piano. Yeah. And he's like, no, there's that one time and it was sort of like, the joke is them cutting it off, but it's like, <laughs> what? Well, by saying what there's is... a lady present, but she's the one who did it. Right. Yeah. But it's like, weird. what's the... She de- she sucked somebody off on the piano. Yeah, she fucked. <laughs> Can you cut yeah. that out? She's <laughs> got a ping pong ball on. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it goes horribly and she like runs back into the bathroom. Then we get the final scene yeah. with Blanche and Dorothy in the bathroom and having their heart to heart where they get yeah. honest about it. But before that, when Blanche puts 
the microphone down. So great. My uh, favorite part of the episode. The best. The best joke, joke of the episode. Is all uh, what you were expecting. Rose like is like kind of concerned for her friend. She's like looking around. She picks up the microphone, sets it down, and then Betty White. Yeah. She just looks at the microphone, then grabs it, and then says, T- "Taps on it. Make taps sure taps on it. it. Make sure it's on." It says. Jews, an Arab, and a priest walk into a bar. That was so funny. That surprised me. Because <laughs> again, you're thinking she's going to sing. sing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she she wants a piece of the action, so, so she's going to sing. She just goes into like Borscht Belt comedy. <laughs> oh man, which is also like, it's fun <laughs> to see them sort of, like that's an example of sort of going against the character yeah. in a really like you know <laughs> what I mean You're Rose like, oh. doesn't care about crappy comedy right like, but it's like oh but she's sort of the pure one right yeah. she's like the pure very put together yeah. <laughs> and so that's what's really funny it's like oh they're willing to slightly not break the character but crack it yeah. a little bit to serve Rose has the seen joke. on television that when you have a microphone this is what, what you, you say yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it was really funny it made me it was I had a few truly genuine like laughs and yeah. that was yeah. that was the one that I was like this is to me that was the funniest <laughs> joke of the episode so then we get the final scene of uh, Blanche and Dorothy in the bathroom and they both have this like nice admission where like they've both been jealous of each other they're yeah. both like like they're like you know they're coming from the same place yeah you know apologize for stealing each other's attention Blanche is still a little bit more standoffish because yeah. she's got to maintain her it didn't feel like it didn't feel um cheesy no. Like, it's like, I was wrong. No, I was wrong. Like, it was not done in a, like, looks like we both were wrong. Yeah. Like, it was more of just, like, the, just being honest and the subtext becoming text and being like, this is how well, I feel. they and, also kept, essentially, I loved that they played their games throughout. There's what could possibly be worse to Blanche than being jealous, not just of another woman. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, but, but yeah. specifically of Dorothy. Yeah. And seeing the way... What is clearly worse to her about this is not the fact that she was wrong or that, you know, it's it's not even um, the jealousy that's the worst part of it. It's the, the Dorothy element that's yeah. most yeah. distasteful. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and all of that made it very funny and I think kept it from being cloying. Yeah. yeah. Well, I also, I really like Dorothy's, like, because Blanche's like, a, she's looking for you. Dorothy, are you ever jealous of me? Every day of my life. Nice and... Yeah. And yeah, and yeah. It, could you that could have been a joke. That could have been like, no, I never like it could have been like yeah. a nice like dig, but it's like no, this honestly like I am every and that's when they're like, cool, so we're both in the same boat. We're yeah. going to share the place. You yeah. know, I'll do these days, you do these nights. Yeah. Whatever. You're right. There was definitely a few like um that was another unexpected. That was one of the things I think as somebody who's trying to get better at writing like Right, like knowing kind of when to hold them and when to fold them. Yeah. You know, like that was such a nice moment and it and it did make all you needed was one nice line, one yeah. true line. Obviously when you have two fantastic actors portraying yeah. it, it definitely helps and they can elevate any material. But it was like, right, they pulled the punch of the dig and it and that absence of it made it land so much harder. Well, I think yeah. it's more than just the lines they're saying, it's the fundamental emotional truth. Um that I am a, I think, relatively attractive woman who's not extremely attractive and have once or twice been in a situation. There's one time in particular I can think of where a woman who I worked with, who um, 
Her name was Keely. I'm going to assume she won't hear this. <laughs> Keely was a, a slightly better looking version of me. Like, def- but d- distinctly, like, one notch above me on the attractiveness scale, dating a very, very rich guy oh. who just got, an, you know, wore a four-carat engagement ring to work and who was very wrapped up in being, um, her identity was very much in being attractive and who she was dating. And my identity's always been essentially being the smart girl yeah. who is a good speller. The Dorothy. Yeah. This yeah. is your blanche. And someone came up to She's us. Not prompt, but. And commented that <laughs> Keely and I looked like identical twins. Which for me was a huge compliment because yeah. I'm like, oh my god, I don't view myself as being like this at all. And Keely's like, who I'd want to be. And Keely said the right thing and said thank you, but I saw her flinch. <laughs> For Keely, this was not a compliment. Yeah. She was getting told I was so much not how she wanted to view herself. And so I loved the emotional truth of this that for. I do think that if you are a very attractive woman and that's your primary thing and that I think about how that fundamentally shapes your identity to then even be lumped into the same category yeah. or be viewed at the same level of desirability. Like I think putting aside this singing and the fact that Dorothy's getting this attention, it must be rocking Blanche's world that fundamentally they're also at the same level. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, right? Like when you're that more average woman, of course, every day you wonder what it would be like to be beautiful. Your whole yeah. life could be different. I think you're very attractive, honey. I love you. We Aww. plan this. Allie. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, no, 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 but that is interesting. But it's weird when people are like, oh, Catherine, you know, you don't view yourself that way. You view yourself another way. Yeah. And I really, I thought of that when you were watching <clears throat> the episode. I was oh, like, oh, this so is funny. like that Keely moment. Oh, yeah. Like there's this whole other subtext where for Blanche, uh, she's getting... She's just being brought onto a level that she never wants to exist on. And some of that, and this yeah. is, again, from, I think that's a really good point. And I think, is it from, um, the show, do they deal with sort of the fact that Blanche is somebody who, as a younger woman, was probably traded in on her looks the entire time? Oh, yeah. She's older. It's, she's like frustrated with kind of. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's the episode where she, I think she has the menopause episode. Oh. And that, okay. like, or no, or it's, it's, there's, there's like a menopause episode where she, she thinks it's something, like she thinks that she might have like cancer or something, like she thinks something bad, and there's it's just menopause, she's like, that's worse. It's like, now I'm not, like, I'm not youthful, I'm not, yeah. like, and that's, and, and there's also the episode where, um, a, Blanche is taking like night classes, and a teacher is like, well, if you sleep with me, you'll get the A, and she's like, I haven't been doing good this whole time, like she's been trying, oh. and she like, like, I would sleep with anyone. <laughs> it's, it comes, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's move on to our trivia facts. Uh-oh. Ooh, love it. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So yeah, some facts about this episode. 17.8 million people watched this episode of The Golden Girls. <laughs> wow. Um, and it was <laughs> it was number 28 for the week. Of watched shows, which is like Golden Girls at its peak was a top five show. So like wow. season seven, it had it, it had dropped to twenty eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was tied with the Cosby Show, which I also believe was probably in its like final or like yeah, the sure. final year. The top five uh, shows of the week this aired were number five Roseanne, number four the Monday Night Olympics, three <laughs> the Wednesday Night Olympics. Two sixty minutes. One the Friday Night Olympics. Oh wow! Was this when? So this, so this is, is Winter Olympics ninety two. Lily Hammer? Uh, no, uh, France. This was that France? France? Was this Tanya? I looked it up because in ninety two was Tanya when she went and she placed eighth or f- okay. no fourth, fourth, yeah. and then because I just watched Itania, oh, right, which was amazing. Was, I haven't it. seen it yet. Yeah, uh, and then the whole crux of Itania is like ninety two Olympics. She watches down. It's like, well, four years. Fuck, I gotta like, I'm done. Yeah, and then they come like the big moment of the film is when they come like they change the rules. They're not gonna be. They're switching them. Oh. The next one's in ninety four and not ninety six. Oh, so the ninety four right. Olympics is a Nancy Carrigan. You're right. Film. So ninety four is Lily Hummer, right? I guess. Yeah. And then ninety two was it was, it was in France. France. Yeah. So some A Aubergine yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. Um, uh, That's so crazy. On IMDb, one hundred and fifty four users rated this episode an eight point five. Huh? Would you go higher or lower? Do you think an eight point five is accurate? It's and this is like on all TV. Yeah, all that's TV? the thing. It's hard because it's, I haven't seen. Because if you have, I think Golden for Girls. so I'll say for a Golden Girls episode, I would say that eight point five, eight point eight. That's about right. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think as someone that's like obsessed with Golden Girls, I would say this is like it's a solid TV. But of all TV, I mean, all TV. I think it's like <laughs> I don't feel bad saying the number that popped into my head. What two? Four. <laughs> all TV. <laughs> The entire catalog of I mean, like, the moon landing is pretty... Yeah. (laughs) Okay, what if you just said comedy? Or when I said 8.5, what emotion did that elicit from you? It was like, oh, that's too high. Or was it, oh, that's on. Maybe that's how I should ask. I would say, like, I would say 8, 7. Okay. Like, around that. Yeah. I thought it was... If we're talking about comedy... That's um, multi-cam yes. live studio audience. That yeah. feels about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Because I think Golden Girls, and when I make my defense of the multi-cam sitcom, I always say, watch Golden Girls. Yeah. Because yeah. you're going to get the joke density that you are used to from a 30 yeah. Right. And but that's like, the thing that, by the end of it, I completely blocked out which that is there the was point. an audience. I think we, we, we hear the audience in these shows because yeah. the show isn't doing the job of being good. Right. That's my main thing of like, when, the, when a multi-cam right. show is firing and good, you also, don't get it. to me, yeah. such a difference between live studio because it was... To me, they were reacting to all the same moments mm-hmm. I was reacting to. It isn't like program in the right it's way, very... yeah. And so it, I think that made it easy to forget they were there because it was more like you were watching it with a group. 
Ideally, yeah. you're laughing when the laugh track is going, yeah. so you're yeah. never going to notice that there is one. And you're right. internally applauding. Yeah. You're applauding. Yeah. 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 And it makes it so much more immediate. We went in the Frasier episode, because we did that Innkeepers episode, which yeah. is just like a one-act, basically. Right. Unbelievable. And it's like so amazing. Yeah. Um, so the NBC Saturday Night lineup at the time was <laughs> Golden Girls, Walter and Emily, Empty Nest, and Nurses. So the funny thing is, <laughs> is... Empty Nest I've heard of. Golden Girls... Empty Nest and Nurses are all in the same universe. Yeah. They are all spinoffs. Empty Nest is a spinoff of Golden Girls. Oh, wow. And then uh, Nurses is a spinoff of Empty Nest. And they were all on the same night, and they would do event nights. Like, there's a night when a hurricane hit Miami, and so the entire night was like an hour-long Golden Girls hurricane episode, <laughs> and then Hurricane Empty Nest, Hurricane yeah. Nurses. And when Golden Girls ends, they do the Golden Palace for one season, which is all of them except for B. Arthur. Oh, right. And then when that gets canceled because it wasn't good, yeah. Sophia Estelgetti goes over to Empty Nest and is on Empty Nest for like another two years. Wow. So that's, it blows my mind. There are Sophia episodes I've never seen. <laughs> I don't know. So Walter and Emily only lasted 13 episodes. It was a sitcom starring Brian Keith, who was the uncle from A Family Affair, which is a 60s sitcom oh, that I used wow. to watch. Yeah. And Cloris Leachman oh. from Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah, And just being Cloris Leachman. She's great, yeah. And it was only, it only lasted 13 episodes, and it was about grandparents taking care of their grandson, played by Matt Lawrence, Joey Lawrence's brother. Oh, wow. <laughs> it only lasted 13 episodes. That is so crazy. The other thing that's so bizarre, and again, the this was also, and maybe I'm... Speaking out of turn here, but there was like Murder She Wrote, Matlock, Golden Girls. Like these were primetime television shows that were for, that were old, for old people. Old people. Like, the world that, that starred old people. That starred old Wait, people. So what's Blue Bloods? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I yeah. mean, you're right. My, See, this is the CBS's thing. CBS's whole business model. No, yeah. but, but it is crazy to me that all the stuff you talked about was just like a major network was showing. Tons of shows that Saturday were about night, like older people. Saturday night was doing... geared towards Saturday your night, grandparents, right. like they're watching, like, like right. programming for them. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I find fascinating is that like Julia Louis Dreyfus now is I think older than all of the actresses on the Golden Girls were when it started. It's like so depressing. There, it's there is a way that <laughs> yeah. we all. I think there's a way that we present oldness yeah. now. Like in the, I don't, and it's a thing that I don't know how to get into. Women in the eight, pe- it's like people in the eighties just generally looked older. Yeah, because the fashion looked older. Everybody smoking. Smoked. Yeah. So everyone, but like when you see rough. like skincare, drugs. Like the actresses nowadays that are in their fifties are like. Lisa Kudrow and, like, and Laura Julie Dern. Dern. Also, Laura like, Dern. Life expectancy is different, right? We're living longer. Like, yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah, like you're not. Our definition, I think, of old age has changed because people That's retire true. later. Like no, offense. Golden Girls helped move the like. It yeah. showed these women are in their fifties and sixties, and they're still having sex, having career dreams. Yeah. Like it really helped push us. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, a stay at home mom who had her first child at twenty four is effectively retired by like forty six. Yeah. She's yeah. just in retirement. Yeah. Um and anyways, this was when they made that comment that Dorothy was sixty and we're watching a later season of the show. Yeah. There was this kind of that to me was the least realistic part yeah. of the episode. <laughs> yeah. like, no, she's like eighty. Right, yeah. No, yeah. It's her mother is still alive on the yeah. show. Like, right. Yeah. But isn't Estelle Getty, isn't there... Estelle Getty is, I think, the youngest of all four of them, or, yeah. like, one of the... She's wearing old-age makeup. Yeah. Also, this was her first gig. 
yeah. was this show. When did she actually start acting? Uh, she did a little bit of acting in, like, the 50s and 60s, like, commercial stuff. Like, I think she was, like, a paper towel spokesperson. But then she, like, went away, like, had kids. And then she started harassing Harvey Firestein. I think she would go, I think the th- the story was, like, she would go to his plays and then basically, like, from the Wait, audience... Okay. From the audience, be way more funny than what was going on, or something. Oh wow! And he ended up like writing her into his stuff because it's like, well, this woman coming in from like Long Island or whatever is like hilarious. <laughs> and so then Golden Girls happened. She like went out and auditioned for it because yeah. like Betty White, Rue McClanahan, and uh, B. Arthur were huge. B. Arthur were major. Like B. Arthur yeah. has been around since before television. Like right. she had a sitcom in the fifties, and I'm hopefully I have the DVD over there that I'm hopefully going to do awesome. on the show. Cool. Um, so Betty like, White. And, ben, and then yeah. Betty White and then Ruby Tannehan yeah. and uh, B. Arthur were on Maude together in the 70s. Right. Like, big thing. So Estelle Getty was like the newcomer playing the oldest person. Yeah. Um, who would you say had the must-see performance of the episode? Uh, I mean... Oh. I think Ruma... I mean, now... I think I may be tainted now I know that it was her, like, like Emmy, Emmy push. But that... that Last that... Um, last number. I say... I, I do... I say Ruby McClanahan. Is what yeah, I say. she was great. comedy... I mean, it's a comedy. So yeah, it's yeah, a comedy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I was gonna say, P. Arthur. Yeah. Singing. He really felt it's a great all round. Yeah. yeah. Go all round. She's great all round. Betty White definitely made the most with what she. I mean, when you think about how many lines she had in the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. She maybe had fifteen, twenty lines. And thirteen. Just, it's a. Did it's she a, really? Because then the book that I they say like they felt bad because there had been a streak of episodes where Rose hadn't had anything to do and they're like she only had 13 lines in this episode wow she crushed it like, also, every line who she was got her a... agent and why didn't they negotiate more <laughs> like, <get> more. <laughs> she crushed um, every line though yeah but yeah Rue McClanahan was yeah. I would yeah. rewatch if we want to rewatch it right now I would rewatch that <laughs> so good uh, must other people see this episode yeah I think it's great. Say, like, yeah, watch this. I would yeah, say this I think thing. you definitely watch it. I think it's a great... It's also insane that seven seven uh, seasons in, we'd never really seen... Uh, I'd maybe seen one or two episodes. I knew kind of the premise, but yeah. like you can slip right in and like know exactly what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would watch it again right now. I liked yeah. it. I yeah. Liked it. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Uh, so now I'm going to do, I will, I will update on, um, so Rue McLean had submitted this to the Emmys. She did not get nominated. Oh. But don't feel bad. She already won one. Okay. All four of them won Emmys for this show okay. over the course Good. of the run. Um, this is the final year. This is a, the only year it wasn't nominated for best comedy. It was, oh. it won, I think it's first couple years. Yeah. Nominated for six seasons. And this season for season seven, Estelle Getty and uh, Betty White were nominated, but did not win. I just wanted to tie up that loose end. No. Before we get to my my new segment that I'm trying, you guys are my second guinea pigs. So All we're right. going to pull from Sorry. the great TV sitcom book, oh boy. which is a giant green book that I bought on eBay from 1982. <laughs> that is basically an encyclopedia written by a guy, Rick Mitz, who has a point of view. This is not. It's not journalistic. Um, uh, it's not objective. This yeah, is very yeah. subjective. Okay. <clears throat> so I'm going to flip through it. Tell me when to stop, and then okay. we're going to discuss one of the one-season or, like, short-lived sitcoms that was in okay. this book, because oh, there are some crazy premises in here. Great. So tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay, so we're going to skip My Favorite Martian and go here, because I'm going to get to a yeah. uh, summary that I can actually read. Uh, so, I'm going to give you all these titles. Which ones do you want to hear about? The Bill Dana Show, <laughs> The Farmer's Daughter, Glennis... Or Grindle. I mean Grindle. Grindle. <laughs> the fuck is Grindle? <laughs> we definitely had to be Grindle. Yeah. Um, so, so this is uh, from 1963-1964 is the TV season. 
<clears throat> Grendel. This goofy little show starred your show of shows as imaging Coca as a domestic affiliated with the Foster Employment Agency who worked around and got herself in a lot of trouble. James Milholland played her harried boss, Anson Foster, and the rest of the cast changed every week, depending on whom Grendel was working for. Sometimes she played maid, other times laundress, babysitter, ticket taker, and more. NBC hired her for one season only. Can so, and there's a photo of some shirtless cameramen, like, working on the show. So, so it, was it was, was the concept, the cast changed there, it's just her and then... And then one, her boss. Okay, I mean, so this is why I wanted to see it, because when you read it out loud, I was like a domestic affiliated with the Foster Employment Agency, so I thought this meant that she was a domestic who'd gone to work for a child's foster care agency. <laughs> oh, that's what I thought, was, too. Was but happy. if you guess the Foster is in like, I'm yeah. Henry yeah. Foster. I mean, this and is I my appointment. Like, yeah. this kids' lives are getting just... But it definitely <laughs> feels like, to be honest, it feels like something that if you wanted to build it around, like, for instance, if you had something like Lauren Lapkins, Laf- Lapkins stars it yeah. like a, as a temp who goes, like, to it's a temp a agency. It's a great web series. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, like, it's I do a do different premise. temp yeah. every, like, a different... You get to see that, new actors. That'll hold time. my attention for five, ten minutes. It's yeah. a horrible premise for a television show. <laughs> in the 60s. entire supporting cast that changes every... You're, gonna, you're hoping that Imogene Coca knows how to deliver the goods. Well, they, they at least they got a great name that makes you want to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Grindel! With G-R-I-N-D-L. Well, okay, here's a question. Grindel? When was the word Grindel invented? Grindel is oh. in, like, yeah, yeah. undercarriage. Because I also was like... Is she star as something Grindel? Is that her name? Yeah. Uh, well, they don't... Oh, yes. Yeah. That's her... I don't know if it's her first name or last name. It just says, as just... Grindel was working for. Also, uh, like, that's so funny. It sounds very much... There's an element of I Love Lucy, right? Yeah, it sounds wacky like things every like week. It was a wacky... Like, what we're kind gonna of just scrape put this is she going to get in? And also, how many jobs... How could it have gone on for more than a season? Because in the 1960s, how many jobs should, could she have even had? Yeah, as well, like, like, a teacher, like, like, a taker, a yeah. Yeah. yeah, babysitter, maid, and we're like, that feels, for a certain class of woman, yeah. like, all you can do. She got, yeah, I mean, one season, she probably got, I don't know, 26 different jobs, and like, well, <laughs> what, is she going to be, a doctor? Yeah. <laughs> also, I don't think the employment agencies farm out doctors. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, I've been a temp before. I've right. a lot of filing. Yeah. It's basically typist. mostly yes. receptionist yeah. and filing. And, <laughs> and typist. Yeah. Um, that's so yeah. great, though. That's really funny. To, we would uh, not... We will never see more of Grindel, guys. That is so... We could go see it, right? That is so... It might be at the TV, the Paley Center. I'm yeah. sort of stumping for that every week. Oh, that's so funny. That is such a crazy... It is such a... I don't know how to feel about this book, that there are so many things that just were... Flickers, and she thought, you know... this. I always say, like, this book ends when Cheers starts, and it's like, this show's good, but bad in the ratings, and that's it. Uh, So, like, this show, like, that's the crazy thing about this book, is, like, Cheers fundamentally changed how we view the sitcom. Right. And this book doesn't know it, which is so, like, I love that. That's how old this book is. And this is also the updated edition, the expanded edition, because it's newer. Yeah, it has Beaver on it, the Fonz. I want to find Car 54. Oh, it's in there. Uh, where can people find y'all on the internet if they want to talk uh, to you about Car 54 or Golden Girls? Or uh, yeah, I am on Twitter at, uh, Winston Knoll, um, I, N-O-E-L, 
Uh, I do a podcast called um, Mission to Zix, which, which you is... Will, the listeners will recognize last week's guest, Mujan Zafagari. Right. Also, Mujan. Jeremy Bent has been on this yes. show. Brett has been very nice in... We'll collect in them promo- all at some point. Yeah, in promoting the show, uh, in having us on, and, and also promoting us. So, um, it's a fun show. We have, we have, it's sort of, we're thinking of it as sort of TV without pictures. Uh, yeah. So, it's, there's a season, each episode's about... Um, 30 minutes. It's a, uh, improvised science fiction kind of, uh, narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a reset every episode. Anyway, uh, it sounds, it's, it's funny. Give it a shot. It sounds, uh, it sounds when I explain it, it's always people are like, huh. It's great. It's like a Star Wars sitcom. Yeah. It is what you wanted the Orville to be. Yeah. That's what a lot of people have been that's kind what of I say. Yeah. People have been nice about it and saying things like that. Um, it's uh, the other thing. Someone's like, it's Star Trek missions set in a Star Wars universe. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Cool. Kevin? Um, I'm just a person. Yeah. And I increasingly am declining my. Uh, just winding back my online presence. <laughs> Which is a smart thing to do. But, scary thank you so Instagram. much for having me. It was really fun. Instagram. It's, scary it's times. locked. It's, oh, your Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, keep that shit on private, man. Like, instead of tweeting at any of us about the show, talk to someone you love, guys. Yeah. Talk to someone. Show the Golden Girls. Um, and stream Golden Girls. I yeah. will send out an email. Read read Brett's yeah. articles on Decider. They're so great. We could have a whole other episode about Queer Eye. We will probably talk about this once we turn the mic yeah. off. Yeah. Thanks so much. Woo. And that does it for this week's episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guests, Winston Knoll and Catherine Mon, for dropping by and talking about Golden Girls with me this week. Next week on the show, I will be discussing the step-by-step episode Just for Kicks. Just for Kicks is in Season 1. It is Episode 8 of Step by Step, and you can stream that episode on Hulu. Until then, I want to hear from you. Tweet your questions about sitcoms to at MustHaveSeenTV or send them to MustHaveSeenTV at gmail.com. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at MustHaveSeenTV. And if you like what you heard, please rate and review the show in iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brett White. You can read the words that I write at Decider.com. The theme song is Patricia's Moving Picture by The Go Team. Thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Thanks to all y'all for listening, and I'll see you next week on Must Have Seen TV. 